السلام علیکم ورحمۃ اللہ وبرکاتہ اور ٹیچر محمد رحیم باؤ محدین ریفر ٹو ہم سیلف ایز این اینٹ مین دا اسمالسٹ موسٹ ڈسکارڈ بینگ ان دا یونیورس ناؤ I always found that that was an interesting way for him to refer to himself because being in his presence and having gotten to know him, it was evident to me that he was much more to me than the most discarded being in the universe. He was an extraordinary being who had given his life to helping other beings understood what he understood. But it always intrigued me as to why he called himself an Ant-Man and a small one. And over the years, I became cognizant of the reasoning. And I became cognizant of why it was necessary for him to say this, and how, in fact, it was true. And that he wasn't telling us a story. He was telling us and explaining to us reality. And the reality is that unless you become small, you can't integrate with Hak. You can't integrate with reality. You can't integrate with Allah's qualities. Because if you attempt to distinguish yourself and make yourself large, you are doing the opposite of disappearing. And if you don't disappear, you can't become God's qualities. So there is this constant struggle that goes on in the world between distinguishing yourself and disappearing between growing bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and becoming smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. And it's evident that depending on which one of these modes, paradigms, that you choose for your life, you are either trying to grow in illusion or grow in reality. The way you grow in reality is to become smaller. The way you grow in illusion is to become larger. So, this largesse that you're attempting to attain by distinguishing yourself is at crossroads with what it takes 
to become integrated into Allah's qualities, to become small. Can you imagine, and of course you can imagine because it's going on right now, people trying to conquer the world for Allah. As if Allah needs you to conquer the world for Him. What your job is in this world is not to conquer illusion, but to lose illusion. Not to overwhelm illusion, but to let go of illusion. Not to grow in illusion, but to disappear in illusion. And you do this by separating yourself from illusion. Now, what happens is, when we try to distinguish ourselves in the world, one of the automatic things that occurs is we begin to distinguish ourselves from other people. And we create differences. So all of a sudden, there's high and there's low. And if you attempt to distinguish yourself from other people, well, you're high and everybody else is low. And you try to set up that mechanism in your relationship with people. You need something to lord over them. You have to somehow, at least in your own head, be more important than them. And when you try to become more important than other people, what you're doing is you're separating yourself from other people. And that's why things like gossip, uh, things like talking about yourself incessantly, are things that keep you from God. Because if you're constantly making yourself bigger, well, you can't disappear. If you're constantly making yourself more important, you can't disappear. Now, the way La ilaha illallah has been interpreted for us by Bawa is, I do not exist. Only God exists. And if we're on the path towards ending the duality of our existence and merging with that which is haq, that which is reality, we can't continue on a path of self-distinguishing. And this leads <clears throat> to situations that become difficult. And we have to be able to find a way to handle this. We have to be able to work in the world. And we have to be able to make money. And we have to be able to support our families. And we have to be able to do things to improve that situation. Well, to do that, you have to distinguish yourself in what you do. You have to become good at it. In order to do better, you have to become better at it. To make more money, you have to become among the best at what you do. Now, we shouldn't confuse the ability 
to be successful with making ourselves large? Why can't there be a humble doctor who does the best procedures in the world? Why can't there be a humble, you can put in the blank, who's the best at what he does, yet doesn't need to have everybody in existence know that that's what he does? People used to ask Bauer about himself. And Bauer did not talk about himself all that much. If you go through all of the discourses over all of the years, there's not a lot where he is giving you his biography. And people would ask him, can you tell us your story? And his response was, this is not about my story. This is about his story. So he took the word history and he made it his story. So what's the important history in existence? It's not the story of man. It's the story of God. And we can learn all of the stories of man. We can read all the biographies of all of the people who become big in the world. But it isn't going to lead us to Huck. If you read the story or the life story of Napoleon, where does it end up? It ends up in exile. If you read the story of Hitler, where does it end up? It ends up committing suicide in a bunker. If you read the story of Stalin, where does it end up? It ends up with him killing 20 million people and becoming very, very powerful, but being very, very hated. The ability to become small is tied into the ability to melt. If you have a melted heart, you no longer need to distinguish yourself. If you have a hard heart, you have an absolute need in your belief system to distinguish yourself. So, in order to change from being big to being small, we need to melt. And our heart needs to melt. When our heart melts, then there are no blockages between ourselves and everybody else. But when our hearts are hard, we bump into each other. Think of ice cubes in a glass and shake the glass with the ice cubes. There's an enormous amount of agitation and clanging and cracking and noise. Now, put a little heat on that and melt the ice cubes. And what happens? The agitation stops. The clanging stops. The cracking stops. They all flow all the ice cubes flow into each other, and you can no longer even imagine them. Well, maybe you can imagine them, but you certainly can't see their forms as distinguishable from each other. Well, when we melt, and we lose the need 
to distinguish ourselves from others, we melt into each other. And this is one of the great qualities that if you sat with the sheikh, that you saw. When he was with you, he was with you. When he was with you, he was with you. When we're with somebody, can we be with them? Or are we still with ourselves and they just happen to be in the room? We have to begin to understand that kind of melting and that kind of becoming. Do you want to be a saint? Or are you happy living in illusion? Do you want to learn about Hak? Or are you happy living in illusion? Do you want to progress on the path that the Sheikh has put you on? Or do you want to fight the path that the Sheikh has put you on? Why are you on this path? Are you on this path to distinguish yourself as a Sufi scholar? Or are you on this path to disappear? We have to constantly be asking ourselves these questions. And we have to constantly look at our ability to melt. Bawa was watching TV and he's getting very sad in one of these movies. And he said, I know this isn't real. But my heart is so soft that I'm affected even by the movies that I watch. Can our hearts become so soft that we're affected by all the trials and tribulations of all the people that we're with? Or is this need to distinguish ourselves so powerful within us that we can't have empathy for all of the difficulties that everybody else is going through. A true man suffers with everyone else. And a true man is joyous with everyone else. A make-believe man is cold to the difficulties of others and is cold to the happiness of others because his heart is hard and it hasn't melted, and it can't melt. Now, there are parts of the world that will tell you to have a melted heart is a weakness. To have a melted heart is a sign of lack of strength. Reality, if you understand reality, will show you that the only place to find peace is inside a melted heart. A hard heart will never have peace. Because a hard heart is constantly in a state of agitation, in a state of crackling, in a state of competition, and in a state of difficulty because it's constantly comparing things. Mostly it's comparing itself to everything else in the world. And when the mind comes up with comparisons that it finds less than agreeable to itself, 
it goes into depression, it goes into agitation, it goes into difficulty, it goes into not being happy. And when the mind finds itself lording over other things, and the heart finds itself greater than other things, it becomes happy and joyous. This is the world of praise and blame. As long as we're praised, we're fine. As long as, as soon as we become blamed, we're not fine. We treat these things as if they have some effect on us. And we're constantly running around in the world looking for praise and avoiding blame. There's a chart that was done within a few generations after the prophet died that said during the time of the prophet people had the relationship with Allah by way of understanding who the prophet was and by being with the prophet. When the prophet passed, the first generation after that had the relationship with Allah through the remembrance of the prophet and through understanding what his relationship was with the prophet and trying to emulate that. The third generation set up a uh, chivalry based on what they remembered from the time of the prophet and set that chivalry up in a way uh, in Arabic the word is a deb set up appropriate behavior to be able to continue to act in the way the prophet acted the fourth generation became close to Allah out of shame that they had forgotten the truth. And their shame stopped them from doing terrible things. The fifth generation was entirely surrounded and interactive with reward and punishment. People were constantly looking for rewards and looking for way to avoid punishment. And that's when religion became fire and brimstone. That's when religion said, do this or you go to hell. Do this or you're damned forever. Religion lost love and became an avoidance of punishment. So the truth of things became lost because man became lost in reward and punishment, praise and blame. So we lost touch with what makes things work, love. We lost touch with love and the things that love does for us. Love melts the heart. Love makes us interact with each other in a kind, loving, melted way. When we're constantly looking for praise, we're setting up barriers between ourselves and everybody else. And the world becomes that which either praises us or blames us. And then we make decisions about everybody we interact with dependent on whether they praise us or blame us. Whether they have something 
to give us. And then love becomes, what can I get from you? And if I can get what I want, I'll love you. And if I can't, I won't. So everything begins to have conditions. And it's within those conditions that we harden ourselves from the world. Now, I've been married for a long time now. And our relationship has evolved. Thank God. And what happens now is that when we're together, it's like we're alone. Because there are no separations anymore. There's none of this, I need this from you, in order for me to be able to give to you. It's now a melted relationship. We need to have more melted relationships in general. We need to have melted relationships with as many people as we possibly can. Where we're no longer afraid. Where we no longer have fear of interactions. Where we know that the only thing that we have to fear is Allah. But instead we fear each other. And why do we fear each other? Because we've separated ourselves from each other. And if you can give up that separation and understand that there's nothing to fear from the other, even death, that your belief is in Allah alone, and that you look for sustenance from Allah alone, you change as a being. You become something other than you were. Your life becomes easier. Your life becomes transcendent. And what does it transcend? It transcends the need to be distinguished among men. And then you too can become an ant-man. The smallest of Allah's creation. And in that smallness is where your greatness lies. Because it's in that smallness that Allah shares with you Rahman. It's in that smallness that Allah shares with you Rahim. It's in that smallness that mercy and compassion become part of your being. And mercy and compassion are part of Allah's being. And what can be a greater treasure than to have that which belongs to Allah running through your being? So we need to be able to find our way in this world, yet maintain our equilibrium with our Lord, maintain our devotion to our Lord, maintain the fact that we are on a path of non-duality. That which we call ourselves should be becoming smaller, not becoming larger. As that occurs, that part of us 
that is involved with Hawk and integrated in Hawk will become more and more of what we are. And the worldly part of us will become smaller and smaller and smaller. It will become disregarded and discarded. But in that discarded hovel of the saint, if you look close, you'll see the entire universe and all of the greatness that is within the universe and all of the greatness that is within your Lord. So we have to learn where to look and how to look. And we have to understand what it is we're looking for. If we're looking for Allah, we'll get one kind of result. If we're looking for the world, we'll get another kind of result. And if the result you want is peace and contentment and truth and reality, we should turn our eyes towards Allah. May that become easy for each of us. And may Allah bring fruition to that search for each of us. Ameen. Ameen. Ya Rabbi Alameen. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah.